This is Mark Shanowski. Now time for your fifth quarter sports talk. It's Will's fifth quarter special. And here's your host, Will Farlow. Welcome into the 13th episode of a sports podcast that captures everything you want to know as the buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farlow here with you tonight on June 20th, 2018, welcoming listeners to the first ever summer edition. It's episode 13 of Will's fifth quarter special. I'm here tonight with my guest co-host who... Since I'm home for the summer, is two houses down the street now. It's very convenient to get a hold of him now. Mr. Alex Dolinar, the aspiring dentist, is back with us on the show. So welcome back, Alex. Thanks for having me, Will. I'm glad to be back. We have a very exciting show for you guys tonight as we are less than 24 hours away from tomorrow night's 2018 NBA draft from the Barclays Center in New York City at 6 p.m. The draft is an exciting time for the NBA teams to add great collegiate basketball players to their teams on a night that can change a franchise in an instant. The Chicago Bulls will look for just that as their rebuild heading into year two now. They have picks 7 and 22. What players will Gar and Pax bring to Chicago with both picks? Recent reports say the Bulls might trade up into picks 3 or 4. Vincent Goodwill reported for NBC Sports Chicago. Could they try to secure picking Mo Bamba out of Texas or Trey Young from Oklahoma University? We have the pleasure to welcome into Will's fifth quarter special for episode 13, Chicago Tribune lead columnist David Haw and NBC Sports Chicago pre and post reporter and on the night shows, Mr. Mark Shinowski. They will each help us know what we can expect in tomorrow night's draft and the way the Bulls can pick the best players, young and athletic, to help the team's future. Had to throw in the little guard and pack through Alex. You know for the listeners, they're going to know that. Yeah. The show will close with this original fun segment of Will's Sports Movie Moment. So, Alex, we're going to go into the main meat of the show. I know listeners are expecting to hear some baseball and some collegiate stuff. We're in the summer. It's There's no big collegiate games going on right now. And just to tell the listeners right here, don't worry about not hearing baseball tonight on this episode. I will be doing the monthly Facebook Live later this month. I add some... Things coming up, exciting for the listeners to hear here on a side note. I work for a newspaper in town now, so I had to work on a story and had to move the Facebook Live. So hold your hopes. We will be talking baseball. I might even have Alex come for a little Cubs. We don't know yet. We'll work it out. Yeah. But it's time to talk the Chicago Bulls NBA Draft. Now, when this rebuild started, we were excited to talk about that. So the 2018 NBA Draft is set for tomorrow night, and the Chicago Bulls have two picks that can change the franchise rebuild in year two as it begins and get the Bulls closer to a brighter future for the team at the Madhouse on Madison. The way the Bulls pick in the draft can also impact the way they approach free agency in the rest of the offseason. I had the honor to speak with a man who is very well respected in his career covering Chicago professional sports. He's the lead columnist for the Chicago Tribune along with various appearances on Chicago sports, TV, and radio. I had a chance to speak with David Haw as he helped paint a picture of the approach we can expect from the Bulls in the draft and the rest of the season moving forward. David, first, it's a pleasure to have you on, uh, you know, to be a part of Will's Fifth Quarter Special. It's, you know, a podcast I started in December, uh, not just to try and grow as a broadcaster uh, and share with other people, but there's a lot of average sports fans out there, you know, that have their own voice as well, and it's just a pleasure to have you be a part of an episode this week, you know, with the NBA draft coming up. It's a very exciting time, so... Just a pleasure to have you here on the show with us. Big week for the Bulls. No problem, Will. Glad to do it. So just first off, uh, you know, you look at the rebuild going on in Chicago. I know you guys talk a lot about, you know, David Kaplan, the guys on CSN, 
just doing an incredible job with how you guys are approaching that as well. You know, the Cubs were successful with their rebuild. It took a while. But just seeing currently right now what the Chicago Bears are doing, the White Sox on the south side, it has to give the Bulls fans coming up to Thursday night's draft a lot of excitement. So, you know, they have picks at 7-22 and 22, courtesy of the Nikola Miritich trade to New Orleans. In your opinion, how could this improve the Bulls' direction uh, Thursday night's draft? How could they do that? Well, I think both fans are excited because they finally have a direction that's been clear-cut now for a year. And the other sports uh, are in the midst of their own rebuilding, as you mentioned, and every sport has sort of a different dynamic. In basketball, you can you, you can probably do it quicker. It's, it's more um, of a process where you have to bottom out, and I think they did that. I, I think the work is probably over. But in trading Jimmy Butler, they were, they were able to get three guys who they consider core pieces to this rebuild, Zach Levine, Lloyd Markinen, and uh, Chris Dunn. What, what's exciting about Thursday night is that, you know, you're going to get a player that's going to be an impact guy. It's probably not as high as Bulls fans would have liked to have drafted, but it's worth remembering that a year ago you got probably one of the top three rookies in the NBA drafting seventh. So – if you have done your homework and you have performed your scouting, you can still get a player that you consider a core piece, a trans, you know, kind of a, a transformational type guy that's going to be a big part of the team when you finally win again. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I read your recent article as well, and you're talking about transformational, and you, did, you obviously did your homework on this player, Trey Young out of Oklahoma University. In my opinion as well, I've talked with, you know, we've covered a lot on the show. You know, the core players for the Bulls currently are obviously Laurie Markin, who, as you mentioned, third best player out of the draft. He just came into his own for the Chicago Bulls, hopefully building a good front court long term. In the future, they're obviously working on that still, you know, along with Zach Levine, Denzel Valentine, an interesting name as well, Bobby Portis, Chris Dunn. But you've you talked a lot about what Trey Young could do. Now, it's going to be interesting you know, just looking at, you know, over the last few months where these draft players go, it's like any sports draft. Players can move up, move down. It's it's interesting to see what will happen Thursday night as well, where a player will be picked. But Trey Young, the Bulls obviously have a lot of interest in him as well. You know, they're going to draft best player available, in my opinion, what could fit them. But just reading your article, which was very well analyzed on Trey Young, somebody that led in points and assists, how do you feel if the Bulls have a chance to pick him at seven and they do so? How do you feel like he could be that transformational player they are continuing to look for to add to that team's future? Well, I don't know if Trey Young is the best fit for the Bulls, but I know he's the most exciting option, and there's a difference. I mean, you look at their roster, and nothing is necessarily screaming for a 6'2 point guard. Uh, They have one of those. They have two of those. But I think Trey Young is not your ordinary um, 6'2 point guard. He's extraordinary 6'2 point guard, and I think that's the difference. He's a guy that comes around in, in, uh, in the draft once every so often. He's a rare shooter. He's a rare scorer. The object of basketball remains putting the ball through the hoop. And I don't know that anybody does that in a more consistent way in this draft than, than he does. And, and he has some limitations. He's going to be a defensive liability. Um, I think he reminds you of some NBA guys, you know, Kemba Walker, uh, I think, you know, past NBA guys, Mike Bibby, guys who could really shoot it, maybe not doing a whole lot else. I don't like the Jimmer Fredette 
comparison because I think that's unfair. I think that Trey Young is a better ball handler and passer. Yeah, I think he's going to make his own name too probably as well. I think so. So I think, you know, there's there are reasons you talk yourself out of it, but if they do draft him at seven, I'll be surprised, but I'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I think also another name, and just, you know, like every fan, they're going to have their own pick. They'd like the Bulls to pick, but they're obviously – you know, they're not Paxson and Gar Foreman who have that chance to do that. Another interesting player, and I want to get your take on it, they've had a lot of connections to, you know, they need a wing player, Michael Bridges, but Mohamed Bamba out of Texas, he's risen on the draft boards. And earlier on before that, he was very well connected to the Bulls. He had a very good workout. He spoke highly of the team and where it's at, hoping to fit with them. Is there a chance the Bulls could try and, you know, hope he falls at seven, or could they maybe move up to get Muhammad Bamba to Paris Market? And I want to get your uh, take on that opportunity. I would not move up to take a player when you're at seven, necessarily a guy in Bamba who I think has, you know, a very high ceiling. Um, but he's also, you know, this is a guy that has one end of the floor where he's elite. The other end, he's not an elite offensive player. You know, you have to look at some of these these things when you're, you know, deciding whether or not you want to give up what you would have to give up to move up. And I think the Bulls are probably better off staying at seven and then holding on to the 22nd pick to get a player, you know, to add to the mix. You're going to want, you're going to want quality, but you're also going to need quantity. So depth is important. I would not do that for Mobamba. Mobamba, though, if he does fall to seven, would be very tempting. I don't think he's going to fall that far because of what you mentioned, Will, is that he's had some really nice pre-draft workouts and sessions and made really strong impressions on the team that that are interested in him, including the Bulls. Yeah, and just I want to get your opinion of it. Of course, I know you guys, have, you're going to have your own view of who's picked. I am, anybody in, you know, that's following the draft is going to have their own views, you know, playing GM, who's going to pick, you know, who's going to go to the Bulls 7-22. So I want to have you paint the listeners here on the show and in Chicago? Paint us a picture in your view. If you're Gar and Pax, who would you like to pick at seven and twenty-two to the Chicago Bulls Thursday night? Twenty-two is going to be hard to, to, to project because it, you know you don't know who's going to fall, you don't know who's going to be there. At the end of the first round, some guys could could come in. I I, uh, I, I would get a big chuckle if. Um, if it's Grayson Allen from Duke. Oh, I'm going to agree with you there, Mr. Ha. He's a very uh, question mark player to pick there. He, but but he would be but he would be one of those guys at 22. You could see a lot of conjecture. But uh, but, but the, the second uh, pick in the first round is harder to project. The first round, the first pick is not so so hard. So I'm going to say that look as much fun as some of these picks would be. Trey Young, Mo Bamba even Michael Porter Jr., I think the Bulls, in the end, are going to take the safe route. I think Mikael Bridges is a guy that they really like. He's predictable. He's productive. He's a Bulls. Very exciting. Pick. And, you know, he could he could have a, a, a solid, if not spectacular, NBA career. Might not move the needle as much as some other guys, but might also be uh, dependable, available, and durable. Yeah, I have to go with your pick at seven as well. I've been, you know, trying to figure out, in my opinion, who I'd like them to get at seven as well. And just Michael Bridges doesn't just seem like a really great player. It's character, and it's something I've seen yep. with the Bulls. They're not just picking players that have that talent. Garden Packs are, you know, in this rebuild. It's a new direction, and 
when you have that team set, you want that locker room to have good camaraderie. I know something they talked about with the Bulls as a thing they've needed to work on in this chapter is cohesiveness. We saw that issue years ago under Thibodeau, you know, with his players, how they were cohesive together. And I think Michael Bridges will have that talent. I mean, they talk a lot about uh, they need that wing player in Chicago. Yep. And yep. I think if you can picture Mark, Lori Markinen, Zach Levine, you know, Denzel Valentine and Michael Bridges, that's a very wealthy team. And you still have a good veteran in Robin Lopez. And it seems like Michael wants to not just bring his talent to a team, but to, to do it in a good family-like cohesive environment. I think I'm going to have to agree with you there at seven. I think he's an interesting player to go to Chicago. But you're right about 22. I'm going to have to go with – they'd probably have to go big man at 22 in my view. I think if – you know, like you were saying, Michael is could. definitely the safest pick. Yeah. What big man do you like at that spot? I have to say Wagner is a really interesting one. I, I'm not saying I'd be opposed to Grayson Allen, but – Oh, I'd love it if they got him Wagner. That, that would be great. He's a, he's a guy that would be really exciting. Yeah, and I think just seeing what former Illinois State Redbird coach, a fan of mine, of course, was a student, uh, what he did with Michigan and Wagner and the rest of those players, just he'd be a really good player down low to have with the Bulls and Laurie Markin. And what Laurie's able to do already, he's going to improve, no doubt, but Wagner would just help him do that even more, as well as Robin Lopez. So just a closing question for you, Mr. Okay, okay. Just a once again, a pleasure to have you on with me. I know I knew when I was trying to figure out the right people to have on. You were obviously that first name on the list. You have really good insight. You're very passionate about what you do as well as, you know, we are the same way on the show. So, again, just to thank you. But also, you know, after the draft, you know, the next thing is going to be free agency. And, yes. you know, the Bulls will head into camp and getting that team together. You know, another off season towards the new year will begin. And, I, you know, Fred Hoiberg is doing his – due diligence, they have a good assistant, and bringing in Doug Collins, you know, for that insight this year, but just if you could give me your predictions after the draft, where would you like to see the Bulls continue to go, maybe, whether it be free agency or moving forward, after Thursday night? I think that after Thursday night, your priority one becomes locking up Zach Levine at a reasonable price, because he's still going to be a restricted free agent, and you don't want somebody swooping in and making you overpay for him and setting the market for him. Get a deal done. Secure one of your foundational pieces. And then go into free agency looking for not necessarily the big splash, but solid signings that are cost efficient. This isn't the, the NBA of a couple years ago where they're throwing around funny money. It doesn't have to be that way. Find guys you fit. I don't think that you're going to hear a lot of chatter. You're going to hear a lot of noise. You're going to hear a lot about Paul George and LeBron and, and where these guys are going. Um, you know, Kawhi is on the trade market. It would sound great to get the Bulls involved in those conversations, but I don't think it's realistic. Well, I don't think that they're probably agree, motivated yes. to, to, give, to give what it's going to require to get in return. So be smart. Be a smart shopper. Be an aggressive shopper. And, um, and fill some needs. You know, you're going to need somebody to space the floor. You're going to need somebody to be a rim protector. And, and those are things that probably at the top of your shopping list if you go into free agency after what should be a very exciting draft night. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And just as well, I think I have to give my credit to Gar and Pax, who've been, you know, under-the-radar fans that, you know, they've had that fire Gar Pax. But I think they're doing really well this rebuild because we learned it from what Theo Epstein did. It's not easy to put something like this together and have everything 
you know, all those dots line up. But I think I, I can't wait to see what they do Thursday night. You know, picking at 7.22, they're going to do the best they can. Obviously, a lot of good undrafted players will be available as well. So, David Haw, thank you for joining us this afternoon, you know, for Will's Fifth Quarter Special this week. It's a pleasure to have you to be a part of this show. It's a pleasure to have another great voice for the average Chicago sports fan. So thank you again for taking the time to speak with us this afternoon. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Good questions, and enjoy the draft. So, Alex, I have to admit, this is the first time the show did. We, we've had big guests before. Kurt, credit to Dan Moore and Mark Grody, former episodes 8 and 12. But I'm just so lucky, you know, as a creator and a host, it's not easy to find people. Now, it's great that I can get any good guest host I have. I'm very lucky to have a lot of great people in my life, friends and close friends that I like family like you guys to have on. But to have two guest appearances from two big experts like you know, starting with David Haw and then Mark Schnapps coming out, it was just incredible. I mean, I was helping my mom some gardening, you know, the summer stuff, and all of a sudden, I get the phone call, and it was from Mark Schnapps, who we're going to hear later on. But just to start off, David Haw gave him some really interesting points, I think. So yeah, it, was, it was a lot of great insight and analysis. We've seen him do that. As I mentioned, he's had various appearances on 670 score, formerly Cap and Co., yeah, uh, he's all a show over. on ESPN. He's, he's yeah, really he's great. He's Chicago. He's somebody I've really reached out to on the last year. He's incredible to talk to about sports. He does a lot of bears, but I like seeing some of the stuff he's doing about the Bulls. He had a good White Sox article, too. But the big question after hearing what he had to say in my conversation with him, Alex, the Bulls are in an interesting position heading into the draft. And he gave a really you know, interesting point. You've probably heard some of his, the stuff he said on Sports Talk and some of the radio yeah, appearances, if I'm yeah. correct, like I have. So the big question I'm going to ask you from this, what are your opening thoughts of the current Chicago Bulls team after – you know, year one of the rebuild, still probably a good year or two out of being contenders. We don't know what's going to happen with that yet. It's up to Garn Pax and the team uh, under Michael Reinsdorf. But what are your thoughts of the current team and the upcoming draft, the way it looks for the Bulls? Yeah, the so you, if you start with the, the current team, um, they, they have some questions. You know, you got to decide whether you're going to pay Zach Levine. Um, he's due for a big contract here pretty soon. They better resign him after he was that big piece. Yeah, he was the main piece in the Jimmy Butler trade. Um, but you also got guys like uh, David Nawaba. Um, his contract's up next month. Um, you got. You, I think the Bulls have a lot of they have a lot of role players, but they need stars. They need they need talent. Younger, um, more athletic. Younger, more athletic. That's that's what the NBA is. It's it's who can put the best five. You got to put the best five athletes out there to compete. So I, I think that you could definitely get get a couple of athletes tomorrow night and pick seven and, tw- and twenty two, um, but you can also you can also get some possibly in free agency. Who knows? You know LeBron. You know. Oh, I, I like that. But everybody's waiting to see where he goes. I, I would but. like that as much as you would, Alex. I know Paul George. At, I, I'm going to say this. Yes, I'm not a big Pacers fan. They're a division rival with the Bulls. You know the Cavs and that, but. I respect the fellow athletes in the sport, and yeah. Paul George was just so fun to watch. If you're watching a Bulls game, that guy can dunk the ball. He's a team yeah. leader. That guy is incredible. But I mean, he's he's most likely not going to come here. But L.A. You, don't want to shoot the messenger, but yeah. he's looking at L.A. But something interesting to mention about this, and I've heard it. I'm going to quote some of the. I'm going to give credit to the sources I've heard it from. You know, on TV and the radio, some of the things I've heard, and it helped me figure it out. What I think. They're going to probably go second-tier free agents, I've heard. Now, they, I saw an article that was really interesting. They were talking about how the Bulls might be 
going a little out there in free agency. I heard somebody from like NBC Sports Chicago. I, I don't have the name on top of my head, of course, but right now, but they were talking about how they might go out and maybe look at a Clint Capella or a He's, that's De- a solid, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, yeah. but Those something top tier guys. Oh, they're great. Yeah. Clint Capella gets really good in the post there, like Laurie Markin, and Laurie can shoot outside as well. But I think those two would match really good. But just I gotta say, I, I I know a lot of people in Chicago. I know I did a little bit maybe for brief part one year when they took Marquise T. Didn't like Garden Packs very much, but I decided when this rebuild started that night. This time, around this time last year when Jimmy Butler was traded, I told myself, sitting right in this room where we're recording right now, watching the TV, like everybody else, got to give him a second chance. Everybody deserves a second chance in life. And I I wanted to give that association a chance. Now, at the end of the rebuild, if I don't like what I see, then I'll say, oh, guard packs, go out the door or something, you know? Yeah, but that's that's the thing. With the NBA draft, I think more than any other professional sport is there's so much risk. You know, for the GM job, so too, I've heard risk. this year with the stack. Of the yeah, draft. yeah, it's boom or bust. I mean, these are 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. I mean, you're and you're you're ready yeah. to get, pay them millions of dollars and hopefully that they can perform at superstar level. So, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's going to be real it's interesting. Gonna, it is, it is. There's going to be possibly some trades, some moves. Spe- I'm glad you mentioned um, that, Mr. Dolanar. You've been doing your homework for this episode. I appreciate that. We we appreciate that in the show here. We love that. Yeah, I, lo- I love reading the bulls and reading the news. So. Yo, we do, but yeah. uh, a report was made just yesterday, a little bit in the evening, I believe around 6 or 7 o'clock, uh, made by Vincent Goodwill of NBC Sports Chicago. He speculated that the bulls are looking to trade – for the third or fourth pick in the top five of the draft, possibly, yeah. quote, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, that's the thing with sports rumors. You know, there's a lot of fans out there that are like, oh, let's go see who they pick at number three if they trade up. It's good to speculate. I know we like doing that in this show as well, but it, it would be interesting because I saw a few trades, and I'm going to give you the first chance to answer about this. If a trade does happen, let's say, you know, they trade up to Atlanta and the Grizzlies. You know, they give up a Bobby Portis maybe 7-22 and 22 yeah. at the most. They, You know, if you're at 4, you take on Chandler Parsons, for instance, maybe. You know, it, rebuild, take on bad contracts. But what could we expect in a possibility of a trade up to 3 or 4, and what player could they have their heart set on picking? What do you think? If they're, I think if they're trading up, um, especially at 3, they trade at 3 with the Hawks, I think they're, they're trying to get Michael Porter. I mean, I think that's the only guy that they're going to trade off for. Three, four. Um, if they trade at four, yeah, you take on Chandler Parsons' contract. Um, I, I think at four, you maybe you get Bamba. Because I that's think, an exciting player right there. I think the Bulls are really – I think he really likes the Bulls, and I think the Bulls really like him. Um, they might have to play Baba La Bamba in the stadium then yeah, for yeah. Bamba's entrance there. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a smart – he seems like a smart kid, you know, Seems yeah, did you well. actually hear about what he said on ESPN a few times in a few interviews? He plays chess. He actually won a trophy in seventh grade for uh, winning like oh. a chess tournament. Because he, he talked about like, uh, you know, his mom was an athlete. You know, his parents yeah. played a little basketball yeah. and stuff. You know, some of the siblings and stuff like that. But he talked about winning a chess trophy. I'm like, I was just watching another interview we did a few hours ago with somebody on ESPN. That's incredible. I mean, that's yeah. that guy's that's something he could tell like. If he if he does go to the Bulls when you, you know we you see a player first talk to the teammates you know the new team you'd be like hey guys who wants to play chess on the plane rides I think that'd be really good for the the Bulls team you know yeah. it would build some chemistry Maybe, yeah it might replace all the cards that they play you know? <laughs> that's true 
I, I don't know. I think – where do you think – who do you think the Bulls take if they trade up at three and four? I have to say I'm – it's something I heard from David Hall. I'm not going to be a brown noser and just go with what the great analyst said. I'm going to obviously have my own pick. Yeah. But I, I respect what a lot of people have been speculating because they're, they're better at doing that than I am as a fan. But I like – now let's say they stay at seven. If the safest pick, in my opinion, would be my Cal Bridges. You know, we were talking about this before the show tonight. I think he's a really standout player. He's a good six foot seven, six foot eight size, good wingspan. Yeah. The kid can full out shoot. I love the defense though. Something I've heard a lot of, you know, fans talking about on social media. Social media has really had impacts on the sports drafts and free agency lately. I love yeah, kind of that. It, it gets more fans involved out there, which is really cool for you know to hear about on ESPN. Like, oh, this fan said this, but but anyways, like with my Cal Bridges, it's really interesting to see what he's doing defensively. Now, you see Fred Hoiberg's system. It's a great system. You know, we saw, you know, we didn't get to see it, it too well they need, until this yeah, year. They need the at, they need the shooters. They need the scorers to play his system. Exactly. Right, right now, that's where they lack, and hopefully tomorrow night they can get those. Oh, yeah, because Bridges could, you know, something I noticed out of him, and I, you might agree on this, he would help maybe that defense that maybe – Zach Levine won't give, or Chris Dunn won't give, yeah, or yeah. Um, Robin Lopez might not give. It, when he's on the floor, he, he talked about it, something, because he, he was a redshirt. He chose to redshirt his first year yeah. at Villanova, which, you know, when you when you hear about redshirts, you're like, oh, maybe they want to learn a little more. Maybe there's kind of, you know, Room a player blocking him or something. Yeah. He was excited about the opportunity to learn more, and he talked about how he faced a lot more of his tougher opponents you know, in like the practices and everything, scrimmage and practice there with the, the teammates. He talked about how much he enjoyed being able to defend them and learn like how to improve defensively from that. He he that gave that, that Jay Wright gave him a service right there, you know, helping him, you know, not just I think he would have gotten in draft either way, but I think this defensive thing he was able to start at that point yeah, in his career he improved his is shooting. gonna really help him. Yeah, he improved his shooting, but I think Michael Bridges I think he's the safest pick. That's seven. Yeah, I agree. Of his experience, um, but I don't know. I, th- I think I think the Bulls got to they got to make a splash tomorrow. They got to make a. I like the splash. That's gotta, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think they got to get somebody. That's gonna go into my third or fourth one. I know that's the main thing you asked me. I had to go with my safest pick first there. Yeah. Um, in this with the question like this because you love for your favorite team to trade up. I know we're both dire Bulls fans here in the South Side of Chicago, but you also got to think realistic. So just this is my dream scenario. They trade up. I like Chandler Parsons. I think he could still have some insight, that's like some upside, but I don't like yeah, the contract that's either. That's a lot of money. I, don't, I think fans, you know, they're saying, right now they're saying, and you see this with anything that happens. Fans are like, oh, do this. But then some of them that even supported that before when it happens will start hating on it. They're like, what the heck did you do just now? Like, now what if you want to get this player? This comes up and you can't do well, that. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, it's, what, it's a two. He's got two years left, right? So twenty-five million uh, on the contract for next season. Yeah, I, you can kind of see what I'm saying. But you're people would get, not like that. So you take on Chandler Parsons, but you're also going to get a great pick, hopefully at number four, potentially. I, potentially. I've heard Bagley's a good safe pick at two. I think Donich might slip to four. I think Atlanta's. Now I'm not saying they're going to specifically go with this player, but. They're getting ready to put on the trade block Dennis Schroeder. They've released two of like their star players, you know, one of them Dennis Schroeder at point yeah. on the trade block. So that's interesting because whenever you see a team ready to trade a top player in that like starting position, they're getting ready to pick somebody in that well, role. Yeah, I think 
So I think Trey Young might go three. As much as people are saying know. he might go eight or nine, Colin Sexton might go three maybe. You know, if they go point there, it's interesting. Well, the, yeah, picks one through But eight. I got Donich falling to four, and I think it would be really interesting as a Bulls fan – you know, we, we saw what Nico did in Chicago when he came over from Europe. I think Donich is that next level from what we got out of Nico. He's going to maybe be something special. He's not He's not athletic, though, as some of these other guys. That's the, that's his downside. Oh, he's no, I agree. Um, but he'd be, you got to admit, that'd be a really interesting. Passing, yeah. you got to admit, that'd be a good dream set. scenario, though, for the like Bulls fans, if that happens. You, it's it's the beauty be, of the draft. You, you never know what's going to happen. That's the exciting thing about it. Yeah, you know uh, that's gonna be my dream scenario for me though. If they're trading up to three, I mean, I hope they're getting Porter or Bamba. Oh, I I like. I think we were talking about that too. Porter is, as a matter of fact, it's kind of cool because my aunt played some college ball for the women's team in Missouri years ago in like the '80s and stuff. But just to see a player come out of Missouri because we always hear about the Kentuckys, the Dukes, the, the you know the usual schools. Yeah, it, it's kind of cool to see a player from a college like Mizzou have a player. Like, maybe, bring that maybe, notoriety. Maybe for you, but for me, coming from U of I. I forgot, uh, for the listeners here, Alex is a U of I Illini graduate. Yeah, I forgot is. about that. I can't root for Mizzou, but I can root for Porter if he comes to Chicago. Well, they did try and get him. I'm sure you remember the report last year. He was – the Bulls were like, oh, our dream scenario would be to pick him in the top five. Maybe that's why we're hearing they might trade up to do it. Maybe they're trying to yeah, fulfill a promise to themselves or something. But I think his agent, too, is good friends with uh, – yeah, he's a, he's already got some stuff set in Chicago right now. Yeah, he's, he, he's probably really comfortable. Yeah. Guy's root set. He's probably yeah. talked to some of the players just I mean, to this was his get home the feel for his pre-draft for the, process. The, the whole yeah. pre-draft process. Yeah. Hopefully, he likes the deep dish though. I know when people will come to Chicago, like Roquan Smith, you know, for even the Bears draft and other players, they're like for teams in Chicago, they're like, oh, when you come here, you gotta like deep dish. You gotta at least try the deep dish. You oh, know, yeah. you know what I mean. So yeah. if he does come, whatever Bulls player comes at. Uh, a higher pick in the top five or seven, they gotta like the deep dish. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's he could eat as much deep dish as he wants. You gotta put a little bit of weight on him too, so they'll be all right. There are many avenues we can look for NBA teams to take in making the best draft pick that can help their franchise with a blink of an eye and in an instant make their team even closer to contention and a possible NBA title in the future. I had the honor to speak with a man who is well respected in his time as a sports broadcaster for Chicago Sports. Most well-known as a pre- and post-game broadcaster for the Chicago Bulls coverage, you see on NBC Sports Chicago. I had the chance to speak with Mark Shinowski as he gave his take on the approach the Bulls could take in the draft and the player he hopes the Bulls can take at 7th overall and 22nd overall. Mark? I just want to thank you, first off. I understand it's a busy time, you know, coming up to the draft. I'm sure they're keeping you guys really busy over there, so taking the time to speak with me means a lot. So, first off, thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome. So, just, I want to thank you uh, as well for our listeners uh, at home. Thank you for being a part of the special on this special episode because we like to talk not just about Chicago sports, but how those teams, you know, the Bulls, the Bears, and the White Sox and Cubs will continue to grow. So, thank you for uh, wanting to be a part of this show. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, there's a lot of different players the Bulls are looking at right now. You know, that's the interesting thing to me about the draft is you never know who's going to fall where your team's picking. And I know you guys have done a lot of in-depth coverage on that. So just what are your opening thoughts about the talent that this draft holds compared to past drafts? 
Well, the thing that's really interesting about this draft is most of the guys at the top are bigs, you know, power forwards and centers when the league is kind of going trending in a different direction where it's become more of a perimeter-oriented league. you think that the teams would be more excited about trying to find prospects at the guard positions and at the small forward position. But just the way the draft is kind of lined up this year, most of the, I think five of the top six guys are likely to be players 6'10 or taller, and it kind of is going against the prevailing trend in the NBA. But in saying that, when you look at the top and DeAndre Ayton, who I watched a ton of playing at Arizona this past season, there were times where you wondered whether he was playing with 100% intensity because he was so much bigger and so much more physical than a lot of the guys he went up against during the college season. But the attributes that he has as a guy who's 7'1", 265, who can move his feet, who can shoot the ball with nice touch almost out to the three-point line, he really to me, compares very favorably to Joel Embiid, who's taken the lead, lead by storm with Philadelphia. I think Aiton is a can't-miss prospect at center. I really like what I saw of Marvin Bagley III at Duke this past season. He was very impressive. And you kind of can go on down the line. You know, Jaron Jackson, Mo Bamba, Michael Porter, all these guys could be top six picks. And when you try to analyze who the Bulls are going to take, it's probably going to be which guy is going to slide? You know, will some team take Trey Young, exactly, yeah. which which will push one of the bigs down? And that's going to be the drama that's going to we're going to all be watching Thursday night as it unfolds. Does some team go against the grain and make a pick that surprises everybody, and that drops one or maybe even two of these top big men down to where the Bulls pick at seven? And something that I think you know they're talking about the summer of LeBron in the media these days, and you know that's always going to come around when a free agent's available. But I think. You know, you're talking about how crazy the draft's going to be Thursday night. I think that's not just the most exciting part, but there's a player in San Antonio that wants to leave, Kawhi Leonard. And I have a feeling the Bulls probably aren't going to look that direction. You know, they're rebuilding, so they're trying to add pieces, not give away pieces. But how do you feel like that could maybe help the Bulls have a player at seven, as you mentioned? How could that help a player that they want to fall at seven come their way if a trade's made for Kawhi earlier on in the draft? Yeah, I think that any team that trades into the top five is going to have their eyes on a specific person. I think one of the guys that's going to create a lot of stir on draft night is going to be Luka Doncic, the international guard from Slovenia. He's still playing basketball right now. He's involved in a playoff series that uh, could end tomorrow night, and if it does, then he'll fly to New York for the draft. But a player who's 19 years old, 6'8", who can handle the ball as well as he can, who can shoot it like he does, I think he's a great fit for today's NBA, and uh, mock drafts of recent vintage have him perhaps falling as low as four to the Memphis Grizzlies. And right now I think the, the spot to watch on Thursday night is Atlanta at number three because I don't think they're really in love with any one particular person at three. If they can get some additional assets, they might be willing to move down further into the later lottery and maybe make a deal to get a, some veteran help. I think some team is going to make a move to try to get Doncic at three, and I think that's going to kind of – change the whole order of the mock drafts that we're seeing. The other variable, of course, is Michael Porter's medicals. Uh, the Bulls team, um, team doctors did the physical on Porter, and they provided that information to all 30 teams. Uh, it's, every team is going to look at that a little bit differently. Some are going to feel like, well, he, he should be okay. You know, he's only 19. Uh, it, was, it was one surgery, and hopefully he's going to hold up. And other teams are going to just red flag it and go, we can't possibly take him that high because he's an injury risk going forward. A lot of uh, moving parts, and I think if the Bulls play their cards right, I think the, the key is not to, not to panic and feel like you have to trade up because where they are at seven, invariably there's going to be some surprise in the top five, and I think they're going to find a player staring at them in the face at seven that maybe they didn't expect when the draft begins. 
Yeah, and I think just touching on pick seven, I know uh, I've noticed this a lot as well. The Bulls have done pretty well in the draft the last few years, even in the last decade when they took Jimmy Butler in late rounds and, you know, just thinking of that 22 pick as well. But after seeing Lori Markkinen come there at seven last year, I think a lot of fans as well maybe just – I'm one of those fans in the south side here that gives a lot of credit to Garn Pats, whereas there's a lot of fans that aren't. So I hope – you know, I agree with you there with the draft. I think there's going to be a lot of interesting players. The Bulls have obviously done their homework. I mean, they had Doug Collins as an assistant, you know, coordinator to kind of help, you know, with the scouting and different things, bringing his knowledge to the team. But I'm wondering, if you're Garn Pack at pick 722 now, everybody's going to have a different way they'd like to see players picked and what team. Who would you like the Bulls to pick at 722 if you had uh, the choice to pick those? It really depends on, on how the draft falls. There's a chance, I believe, that Mo is going to fall to the Bulls at seven. And I, I don't know if you've been watching any of the workout videos. Yeah, he's incredible. Play. I know he said his – and if I, you might be able to correct me on this, but it, didn't he say his speed was like 430 compared to like Russell Westbrook as well, right? He did the uh, the shuttle drill faster, or actually the three-quarter course yeah. sprint faster than Russell Westbrook did. So, yeah, that's – that's pretty amazing for a guy who's seven foot with a seven ten wingspan. And going into the draft, I wasn't too excited about Bamba. Just in watching some of his games at Texas, I thought he kind of coasted through a lot of these games. He was a good shot blocker, a decent rebounder, but he didn't really show much of anything in, in the low post in terms of offensive skills. But watching some of the videos that I've seen come down, and granted, any video you see now is only going to feature a player at his extreme best, so you don't know yeah. all the times that he didn't look that good, but. The video I saw, they had him working out with Joel Embiid, and he was doing this kind of mimicking the same moves that Embiid was doing. And his footwork and his ability to finish at the rim with the 7'10 wingspan is is pretty awesome. So if if he can keep continuing to develop those low post moves and and just add, make himself uh, at least a, a decent offensive threat to go along with his height and his shot blocking and his rebounding, I think he could be a really solid center in today's NBA. So... If, he, if some team really falls in love with Michael Porter and takes him in the top five and Bamba slides to seven, I think the Bulls will just, you know, make that phone call instantly and go, that's our guy. Um, there's also a scenario, of course, where Trey Young doesn't get taken in the top six, and then all of these six, I think the top tier six, we've discussed them in passing, but that's, of course, Ayton, Bagley, Doncic, Jaron Jackson, Porter, and uh, let's forget Bamba. Um, those guys are, you know, they could go one to six, and then the Bulls are sitting there going, well, now what do we do? And then you're looking at Trey Young, you're looking at Mikael Bridges, and you're looking at Wendell Carter Jr. A lot of people like Wendell Carter Jr. because the feeling is he played in the shadow of Marvin Bagley at Duke, and he didn't really get a chance to show off everything that, that he has in his offensive arsenal. He shot almost 41% from the college three-point line, he has a 7-4 wingspan, so I think he could play five in a, in a modern lineup, and, and I think the Bulls are intrigued by his potential. I like Mikael Bridges. I think at 6-7 at with a wingspan over seven feet, I think he's just scratched the surface on what he can be as an offensive player, and I think he's going to be a really – He's a great player. Not player. to interrupt, but he's – No, 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 that's fine. Right I, I just uh, – you know, we've, we've done a, a number of podcasts uh, at, at on our website, NBCSportsChicago.com, where we've talked about – the virtues of adding a guy, a 3-and-D guy like that, to what they have going on. Because right now they have three of the five spots pretty well set with Dunn, 
Levine and Markkinen. Now you're looking for a small forward and for you know athletic center to eventually replace Robin Lopez. I think Mikael Bridges would fit in perfectly with the kind of style that Fred Hoiberg wants to play. I, you know, sometimes people get a little bit too hung up on where a guy is drafted. They feel like, well, it's too high to take him at seven. Well, what's the difference if you take him at seven or you take him at ten? If you get a player that fits in your lineup, I think I think that's what you do. I don't think that a center like like Wendell Carter would have as much impact on this team, both short term and long term, like Mikael Bridges might. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Mark. And something that I've touched on, I actually spoke to David Haw earlier this afternoon as well to kind of get his touch on the draft. And to add uh, another interesting perspective like yourself is, you know, I really respect your opinion on the Bulls and any Chicago sport as well. So uh, the 22nd pick to me is really interesting. Credit to the Bulls for getting something for Nikola Mirotic's talent to send them to New Orleans during the season. I feel like, you know, if you take that wing player at seven, like we were both agreeing on there, Michael Bridges, it leaves open the Bulls needing a big man or maybe a guard to complement Chris Dunn, you know, on the bench. So I, I wonder, who would you like them to pick at 22 if Michael is picked at number seven? Yeah, if you've got your 3 and D guy at seven, I think that you're going to be open to the best athlete on the board at 22. Again, you're looking at which guy might slide. One guy who's really been rocketing up the draft boards is Dante DiVincenzo, who was the MVP of the national title game against Michigan when he scored over 30 points. And he played really well at the draft combine. He was really the talk of the combine, very similar to what Kyle Kuzma did a year ago, where he kind of shot up the draft boards by playing so well in front of all those NBA scouts and general managers. I think uh, DiVincenzo would be a, a really good instant offense guy to come off the bench. I think he'd be an upgrade over what you're getting right now from Denzel Valentine, and I think he's, you know, I think he was as the third or fourth best vertical jump at the combine, and he's an incredible athlete. He stands almost six six four. Um, I think he would be a guy who could play both guard spots, and I think when you get in late game situations where a lot of teams are going with three guard lineups, a guy who can shoot it like he can from the outside and also be athletic enough to guard multiple positions, I think would be a good fit. We've heard a lot of talk about uh, Chandler Hutchison from Boise State, and of course that's a school not many people see uh, because of the conference and time zone that they play in. But he's a, a six-seven athlete, similar to uh, Mikal Bridges, a three and D guy who uh, really improved his shooting in his final year of college basketball. And there's been several reports saying that the Bulls have made a promise to take him at 22. And I don't think you can totally dismiss that. Uh, media gets some things wrong. But when you hear enough people talking about it, there's probably something there. So don't be surprised if you hear the Bulls um, going with Hutchinson at 22. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Mark. And just I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me this afternoon. You've obviously, as you mentioned, you did a few podcasts already about the Bulls draft. So I actually listened to one of them, and I felt the insight was just incredible as usual. So thank you, first off, so much for taking time to speak with me. And, be part of this podcast. It meant a lot to me, and I'm sure the listeners as well that will hear this. Well, I appreciate it, Will, and, and good luck with your career as it evolves. Obviously, it's great that you're out there doing the, doing these shows, and, and it's only going to help you get further down the road in your career. So thanks for having me on, and it should be a fun night Thursday watching how all the dominoes fall. Alex, we just heard David and Mark make their picks where the Bulls will pick in the draft. Mark Janowski, now – I'm a big fan of David Hall, but when I, I didn't get a chance to see what he did, has done in Chicago sports, 
until like a few years later, which I wish I could have seen some of the stuff more sooner besides just the writing, like the radio and TV. But I remember driving home from school one day. I'm like, this guy's great. Didn't he like write an article I read last week? I'm like, this guy's incredible. Yeah, he does provide really good insight. David Haw is great. We were talking about that. Just, you know, David Haw, you're going to probably hear this when I send it to you. And, you know, you, the listeners will know this, but I have a lot of respect for what you do in, you know, your writing with the Chicago Tribune. Very uh, true to yourself. Very un, like very unbiased. Yeah. Like very, very, very unbiased, which. You're going to find that in sports. I was talking to one of my coworkers at the radio station at school, and they're like, oh, you're going to find that anywhere. But that's something I look for in anybody because that's those are the people you want to talk to. You know, this is why I have certain people on the show like this. And Mark Shinowski, though, was somebody I actually met a small story for the fans. You know, on any good sports show, you got to have the good stories to bring to the table. I was at a Bulls game. Now, uh, thanks to, uh, once again to my close friend from ISU who worked for the Bulls, entertainment, former entertainment associate Steve Rizal, got me those tickets. Um, I didn't run into you at this game, but it was the second game I ran into. But so um, it's the the post game show. You, you'll see all the fans in the background yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know they got the Jordan statue in a better, uh, safer uh, weather spot. You know where he's not getting rained on or snowed on or anything. Yeah, yeah. Which is good. You want to preserve that statue in its entirety. But I got to be in the background with my sister, and it was just really cool. You know because. We're not just seeing guys that we've seen on TV. We're part of it. Like, we're trying to get in the, you know, you've been there before. You've seen it yourself. Or you want to get in front of the camera the whole time. And you're, like, jumping in front of people like, hey, you know, let this yeah, guy on. Yeah. Let this guy on. And I got to talk to him, Horace Grant, and Kendall Gill after. And just talking to Mark Schnowski, he's just so down to earth. Like, when I interviewed him for this show, he's like, just call me Mark. You know, I, I, I have that professionalism where I'll usually say Mr. and such and such, even to a player when I get an autograph at a game. It's just you know, carrying that professionalism, but seeing that type of mutual respect for somebody that like me, that's, you know, still working his way up in the field for the future. It's just, it, it, it was incredible just to interview these two individuals. It made me even more excited to put this show together for people and for us to do it. I'm sure it brought even more excitement to the table, but we got to go into the nitty gritty right here. He said some really, really interesting things. And Alex, you, we did this on the, you heard the Bears draft special with Mark Grody, correct? The yeah, last episode, yeah. episode 12. Did you like the uh, role switch thing we're about to do that we did in that episode? Did you like that? Yeah, I did. I mean, it's uh Are you ready to put your yourself in those shoes now? Yeah, yeah. You ready to put your garden packs hat on? Okay, so I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to let the guests go first here. You and I are going to pretend we are Gar Foreman and John Paxson at tomorrow night's NBA draft in New York City picking the players for the Bulls, and we will paint a picture for the listeners at home, our predicted picks for the Chicago Bulls in the 2018 NBA draft at 7-22. and 22. We could also predict if we want to trade up. You know, it's predicting, so we can predict okay. whatever we want. Okay. So any dream scenario you'd like to see them do in your mind if you're guarding packs. So, Alex, let's start with number seven. And what I'm going to have you do when you name each player you'd like to see picked at 7-22, what we're going to do what we like to do in the show, we're going to give a little analysis after that, like why you want to see this player. Okay. You're going to be a professional GM for a day on this show tonight. So, Alex, start us off with number seven overall. Who are you picking for the Chicago Bulls tomorrow night? All right. So, if I'm guard packs and I have to stay at number seven, so I say I can't get a trade up, um, I'm going to take Wendell Carter. Interesting. All right. I'm going to take Wendell Carter Jr. He's a solid big man. He's got a decent three-point shot. Um, he knows he's good fundamentally. 
Uh, he's built. He's not, you know, he's not as skinny as some of these other guys coming out. He's got some size on him. Learned some stuff from Marvin Bagley yeah, the third they, they too. Worked, I'm sure they worked well together. So exactly. I think him and Laurie can work really well together. Um, I like that. That's, that's a really good pick, there. That's a yeah. that's not a safe pick. That's a good pick if he's there. I that's, like that. That's if I can't trade up. But in my you got a trade up scenario here. I, I think you try to trade up. You okay. go all in. I think if you can get to number three. I like that. And okay. Porter's still there. I think you take Michael Porter. Just based on his upside, he's 6'11", great shot. I mean, this is a guy that was potentially the number one pick last year coming out of high school. You yeah, that's incredible was, high school numbers yeah. and highlights, big time. Now, really he now he didn't play. He only played three games this year, but – and the whole back thing and the rumors about his hip and that he couldn't get out of bed and stuff like that, I think – I think that's all just that's all hearsay right now. Helps the Bulls had the medical records too, though. Yeah, they know they know his his medical history. They know um, the procedures he went through um, and how what his therapy was and everything. I I think he's a young kid. He'll be fine. You know, he's gonna take time anyway. I agree. T- yeah, he's gonna take time, but I think he's got upside. And he compared himself to a little bit of Giannis, a little bit of KD. I'm a big KD you know? fan, so I like to hear that as well. Yeah, they're he's both very good. Six eleven. I mean, he's not. He doesn't have the shot yet, but he'll I get like, there. I like that pick. If you put him against Laura, that'd be incredible. But the thing I'm wondering that you didn't mention on here, and I have to ask you, is going to put you on the hot seat here a little bit as the quote-unquote GM for the night. Uh-huh. Who do you trade for that pick? Now you probably trade number seven overall in the starter, trade, but yeah. what player or possibly other pick would you throw in in that scenario for to Atlanta for number three? Would you get something else with number three as well? Kind of paint me that picture real quick the, of the trade. I don't think if they go up to number three, I don't think Atlanta is going to take anything less than the seven and twenty-two for sure on a player. Possibly what player do you got? Bobby Portis. Um, okay, Brooke that's Lopez, interesting. Maybe. Um, but oh, with it, Robin's contract, that would take, be interesting. Yeah, you definitely got to get rid of the seven and twenty-two. That's for sure. That would definitely make sense. Even I think, at, even at yeah. number four, if they no, a lot of experts four. have talked about. That would be – I think I saw – you You must have been reading the scouting reports or some reports out there because that's actually the projected trade for third overall would be the number third overall pick from Atlanta, Bobby Porter 7 and 22. So you yeah, you, you, you must have seen it or you must have just got a really good pick there. But No, I, like no, I, I saw a little bit of it. But, I mean, well, this week you're going to see a lot of rumors, especially tonight. And exactly. You could, you could probably stay up all night and each team would have 10 It's rumors. really exciting you know, to see all, it. How it unfolds, yeah. Yeah, it's all hearsay, and it's all, a lot of it's just smoke. But it, it keeps the fans going, it keeps us going, it keeps everybody talking about the draft, and then finally you get tomorrow night to draft. Helps change things what, even with where players yeah, are picked too. After smoke settles, where the guys exactly. are going. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a nice title because this is kind of how we got the pick. This is how we're gonna kind of refer to the 22nd pick. We're gonna call it the Nikola Miritich courtesy draft pick. <laughs> all right. We, we wish he could have uh, helped this tank a little more, but we're going to call it yeah. the Nikola Miritich courtesy pick at 22. Who are you picking at 22 overall, Mr. Garpax? I think I'm going to take Dante uh, DiVincenzo. Divin- good pronunciation. DiVincenzo. There you yeah, go. You got it. Okay. Yeah. I think Dante DiVincenzo, he's got great upside. He's a good athlete. Um, he, I mean, look what he did in the championship game. You know, on the biggest that stage. That 31-point game, that was incredible. Points. Yeah, really I, good to watch. I think he's six four. He's six a four. Guard. It's yeah. a good size. That means he could he's, probably do a little bit of point guard as well as two guard. Yeah, and I think he's a lot of people are comparing him to Denzel Valentine, but I think he's a better Denzel Valentine. I think he's what 
everybody thought Denzel Valentine was going to be when they got Coming him. into the draft. You know, Denzel's kind of struggled. He's came out as a four-year player. Few injury situations. Bit, yeah, yeah, some soreness. But I think Dante DiVincenzo can come off. And he can be a six-man. You know, you can play him with Chris Dunn. You can play him with Zach Levine. Yeah, um, that's a, that's a great pick. And Jay Wright even said he's always – DiVincenzo's a guy that's always going to do – um, what's best for the team, you know? So if he's got to come off the bench, and you want a team first guy team, like that, yeah, yeah, he'll do it. You know, he's he's not about worrying about his minutes, making sure he gets his shots. So I like that. You know, he's a team guy. No, that's great. I think it, I'm gonna reference to what, something you mentioned a little bit too with me here when we talked about my Calbridge just a little bit earlier in the show here. He would even bring championship experience. Not just that, but he would kind of bring that pedigree of, you know, I started somewhere, I worked my way up. That gives them even more, you know, like determination, and it shows that front off the Bulls front office there. If they do get him at 22, we're getting a guy that's going to work. You know, we're getting yeah. a guy that has that work ethic that can. That's going to translate to the other guys in the team, even the veterans like Robin Lopez, Justin Holiday, Larry Markinen, pick last year. That's going to translate. That's going to be like contagious for I this mean, team. Yeah, and look at recent history with that in the Bulls. I mean, Jimmy Butler, he was a late first round pick. He worked his butt off. And now he's he's an all star. Him and Todd you know? Gibson in Bulls yeah. history there, yeah. yeah. I mean it's a different staff now, but I mean the Bulls have shown that they can they can possibly get somebody decent at twenty two. They can make some noise in the draft. I know you're wanting to splash just as much as I do and the listeners and the fans that are hearing this in Bulls Nation. Gar and Pax quoted they wanna hit a home run on this. They wanna they've obviously been doing their homework, you know, you bring in a guy like Doug Collins during the season as a Small role assistant, but he still brought some of his, you know, ideas, insight. They're probably doing a lot of homework on these players, which is really exciting to hear. You know, like maybe that's why, and this is my uh, maybe guess of why Michael Porter has been so connected to Chicago stuff. He, you know, he was at a Bulls game. We saw that in the media yeah. there. As the fans have seen like we did. But maybe that's why. Maybe because they wanted to get to know him a little better, maybe build that rapport with his agent. And, I think yeah. – And him, maybe. Maybe they wanted to get to know him during, in between the workouts. And, you know, like what we saw with Ryan Pace and Mitch Trubisky in the, with the Chicago Bears on the other side of Chicago there, getting to know that player before you take him because you want to be comfortable with what you're getting into. Oh, definitely. Especially yeah, with – got... Now, that didn't happen with Derrick Rose after the draft, but we don't know what to expect out of these players. It could be, a, like you said, a boomer bust – you know, they can come out with a, a sudden injury can come into the news just the day after the draft and everything. But I'm that's my guess of why he's so connected to stuff in Chicago right now. Yeah. That's, that's going to be my best guess on that. I think with him, it, the hardest part about getting him is it going to be actually getting him. You know, is he going to be available at seven without it? I've heard he might go to the Mavs at five maybe. I know they need a big man, but they're probably confident maybe to try and get Boogie Cousins or and bring back Nolan's Noel as well or just bring back Noel. But they need, you know, something. In that yeah. front court, but now I'm gonna take the reins. Sorry, Mr. Jonar, you gotta it's pass right. the hat over to the host tonight. I'm gonna be Garn Pax, younger and more athletic. That's the players you're looking for. I'm trying to do my best impression of Garn Pax. I'm not really good at the vocal impression, so I'm gonna. I think I should stick to my day job of yeah. doing the show yeah. here. I'm gonna stick to my day job. But pick number seven. Now I'm gonna do it like you did. I like that order you did. Your safe pick at seven if they stay. And then your dream scenario. I yeah. like I like how you fit in, so I'm going to follow that as well. I like at number seven, I have to go with what I heard, you know, our expert uh, guest appearances, David Hall, Mark Schnowski say, and I did a little bit of watching and reading, you know, highlight watching on YouTube as well. I really like Mike Bridges. And 
you know, they're going to show, they talk about the team needs first off. You know, you look at when you're trying to make in your own mind, when you're talking to your buddies or you're just making it on your own watching the draft, you have to see what the team's needs are first. Now, I'm not saying Denzel Valentine's not a good starter. I'm not saying Paul Zipser wouldn't be a great starter, but you want to look at a guy that could also play a bit on the bench too, if that's what the Bulls do. We don't know what Fred Hoiberg would want to do with his rotation yet if he's picked because he hasn't been, they haven't made the, the picks yet. Yeah. But I, I'm just picturing the Chicago Bulls team right now. Chris Dunn at the point guard. Zach Levine's got a nice long-term deal and, you know, like a four-year 150 deal. I feel like he's a team guy where he'd probably take a good long-term deal if he's still getting paid to stay with the team. But I can see Laurie at the power forward, a Robin Lopez at center. I see Felicio out the door. I don't think he's played up to that salary in the playing time. They'd probably find if they get another, another center, you know, undrafted free agents are great. I could see a Michael Bridges at small forward. I could just picture in, you know, my dream of the future for the Bulls with this team, them going in the playoffs with this kid. This kid guarding LeBron, you know, being able to handle him the way we saw Jimmy Butler do it or any great, like, Greek freak right now. I could see this kid. I'm not comparing him to the next Bulls Jimmy Butler, but I like this. I want to see, see a little bit of it. I want to see where he's going to go. I think a lot of people underestimate his spot in the draft because, you know, we're going to see what happens tomorrow night, you know. Like, we're, we're thinking Baker Mayfield in the NFL draft is going to go one place, and then all of a sudden he's going to number one. Yeah. So that's why I lo- I just like this kid a lot. I think he has a real I'm, – I'm going to quote – there's a great movie called Draft Day. If anybody hasn't seen it, you need to if you like a good draft. But he talks about picking character players. I'm that way as well when I watch a player on the court, you know, when you pick your favorite player to cheer for in a game, you know, if you don't like the team and you just like the player. Or, you know – you know, like your pick to click for that game. Like, oh, I like this player in this game or this season. That's me in this draft. I like Mike Hal Bridges a lot at number seven. I think now Michael Porter originally was my choice, but I just like what this kid brings to the table. We were talking, you were talking about that with uh, Divincenzo if the Bulls can get him at twenty-two in your scenario mm-hmm. there. If he's picked at twenty-two, you might even be able to get both these players ironically in the draft. That'd be kind of cool, but. Michael Bridges would be my pick at number seven. If they can pick him at number seven, I will be like every Bulls fan, jumping up and down on the chairs and the tables, getting ready to go buy that Michael Bridges jersey. All right. So my draft scenario, I'm going to go at number three as well. I think Atlanta would be a really good team to trade with. I think Memphis would as well. They have a piece that the Bulls actually, you might not remember this, they tried for a point guard on the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, I'm sure you remember his name. He's uh, he hasn't had too much playing time. Name's on the tip of my head right now, but he was a guy that looked at in the draft that they couldn't get. You know, he signed undrafted with Memphis, and you know he's good. He he's not like a classic Brandon Paul at the shooting guard. Oh, sorry uh, for the U of I fans there. I had to make a little. I don't. I had to make a little joke to Brandon Paul there. Yeah. Um, little fun on the show, but I think that Atlanta would be the best choice. I'm gonna have to go with follow you on that trade for the third pick I think that's a really good spot because we're looking at the board right now I don't think the Bulls would be a good fit for Jaron Jackson just because we already have some of similar style he plays in Larry Market and you want to get a guy that's not the same but can compliment yeah like he's we, got good we, like we've all oh he does he's great but I would love to see and I'm looking at a mock draft right now courtesy of I think it's ridiculousupside.com. that's an interesting website name um <laughs> Marvin Bagley, they have at four in this mock draft. Now, mock draft's a mock draft, but I think Atlanta really likes Jaron Jackson. But 
if you're the Chicago Bulls and you see Marvin Bagley slip to the three, you know, Luka Doncic, you know, goes to uh, Vlad Divac, who has a lot of yeah, knowledge of European players, yeah. yeah. European background, yeah. And uh, he goes that way, number two, you know, eight and Doncic one and two. I'd like to see Bagley in a Bulls uniform. I think, you know, that's what we saw because we didn't know where the Bulls were going to fall in the ladder. Now, we wish we, they could have won that coin flip and they'd be at number two, but you never know what's going to happen in anything with the draft lottery. I think that's probably why they're changing it or something like that up there in Adam Silver's main office there. But that's my dream scenario. I love Marvin Bagley the third play. You talk about Wendell Carter. I think he would fit great. I'd even be happy with a Wendell Carter, you know, facing up with Laura Marcus. Because this draft's so stacked, you can find a guard or that forward you want lower in the draft, trade up, do whatever you want to do if you're the GM of the Bulls there. But I could picture... That dynamic duo, Marvin Bagley III, Larry Markin, I got to compare it to what we saw with Boogie and Anthony Davis in New Orleans. That duo was just incredible. You know, Boogie kind of, he kind of has that bit of a style you see in a Jaron Jackson, Marvin, exactly. Like we talk about with Wendell Carter, Marvin Bagley, and Jaron Jackson. He would have that, you know, in Chicago. That's kind of my comparison. That's my dream scenario. My 22nd overall pick, I was almost going to go DiVincenzo, but I did a little digging, and... It's interesting to see these pronunciations for some names sometimes. you got to make sure you nail it the first time. And you already did, so i got to make sure I do that. Uh, Josh Okagi, a guard out of Georgia Tech. And he's, his scouting report talks about him as a high-motor 3-and-D wing, which actually they're talking about Michael Bridges as an improved 3-and-D wing as yeah. one of his main styles. So even if you don't get a Michael, let's say you do go that big man – Early on, which I think would be a good spot for the Bulls you gotta to go. Got to go big man guard or big man wing. Well, yeah, because even if you get a Mike, if you get a Michael Porter Jr., you could play power, so that would help the Bulls in the front yeah, court to add to Larry yeah. because they have a really good plethora of guards and forwards, like lower small forwards right now. But he's a really good three point shooter. That's something we heard talked a lot about with the Chicago Bulls. And as a matter of fact, you talked about this underrated waiver claim the Bulls made that I'd like to see him bring back too. You know, he would add to the continued history of the bench mob we saw starting in the 2010s with Tom Thibodeau's former staff. This guy's being compared to David Nwaba, as a matter of fact, who was one of the few joys in otherwise, they quote, morbid bull season. But I think this guy, you know, he's 6'4", that's a really good height in a guard, you know, that could, you could put, you could have a small two guard at that size. We've seen that before in the NBA. You could, you know, a little Joe Madden type you know, lineup utility switch <laughs> in different positions there. We won't go into Joe Madden lineups. But you get the reference I'm yeah, making, though, yeah. Alex. It's, I think this kid could be something. I mean, they're looking at the three-point numbers right now, hitting 38% of his threes across two seasons at Georgia Tech, knocking in 80% of free throws. Free throws are important in the NBA. So at my 22nd pick, this kid would be it. But another kid, he might slip, he might not. We don't know what's going to happen. Kevin Knox. Now, he's been higher up in the draft, but I would like to see a scenario if the Bulls, let's say they do – find a way for a team to suddenly say, I love Cristiano Felicio. I believe he can get better from this past year with the Bulls. Mm. I think he would do really great with our team. The Wizards. That's a push. The Wizards trading for our 22nd pick, a future second round pick. Yeah. Which second round picks can come and go. First round is the most important in my opinion. And I could deal with losing a future one future second round pick in 2021, let's say. And then, you know, just so you can get value for Felicio if you have to. And you trade up and get a guy like 
Kevin Knox if he falls a few picks. Or Lonnie Walker is a really interesting name of a guard I've heard. heard Miles is shot a little bit off of the quick three-point shoot type thing Clay Thompson gives. So that's going to be – I even threw in a dream scenario at 22 there. I didn't – you probably didn't see that coming there, but I had to throw two dream scenarios in there. And, Alex, just – I got to get your final closing remarks here. We're going to give our closing remarks on both ends here of the NBA draft, what we're going to expect from the Bulls. Is there anything that the listeners haven't heard from you tonight? Now, it's been – you've given a lot of great insight, Mm -hmm. so I got to give you uh, some credit there. Good work so far here, my friend. But – what are your closing thoughts at this point? You know, it's 9.45, we're looking at the clock while we're doing the show here right now. The drafts, this time tomorrow night, we'll be talking about who the Bulls pick. Ooh, yeah. Then we'll yeah. be looking Hopefully at free agency. Yeah. I, I hope so, too. Future I know superstar. something I, I'm going to ask you about when I talk about with Shanowski, Mark Shanowski a little more than David Haw, is it's going to translate to how they approach free agency. How, it's going to approach the blueprint of the future for this team. Like, you know, we see that classic domino effect. What? What dominoes will fall tomorrow night for the Bulls if they're home runs? They could have a good free agency. They might even get a superstar like a Capel. We won't know. But what are your closing thoughts about the Bulls coming into the draft right now? Because I think we have to give a lot of credit, in my view, the guard packs new and improved approach. They're giving, you know, some of the fans are giving them a new well, chance. But just give me your closing thoughts right now on tomorrow night's draft, what you're thinking right now. As we're talking about Before it. we give them too much credit, though, we, we got to see how these guys pan out. Because tomorrow night they're going to draft, and then we're either going to be really excited or we're going to be, all right, they t- they took a safe pick. You know, hopefully at number seven they get that super athlete that, you know, maybe Michael Porter. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, I think you're not going to know. You're not going to know. You know, everybody, exactly. we're going to be excited sense. tomorrow night, and you can go up, get the jerseys, and – you know, go to games, but you're not going to know until at, until the start of next season, at the end of his rookie season, you know, maybe two, two, three years down the road, how good this class is, how good your pick is. So that, that's, that's the beauty, and that's also the um, the tough part about the draft is you don't know who you're going to get, you know. These are, these are 19, 20-year-old kids. They're going to have any player wherever they go, in my opinion, as well. I'm sure you can agree, as well as the listeners will probably see this. Any player, wherever they're picked, DeAndre Ayton's going to be a superstar, I think, down the road, in my opinion. Oh, but he's a- not going to – his first game, he's not going to be that superstar. With any player you pick in a draft, good or bad, they're going to start with the classes. same thing. Yeah. Like when you start high school, you start as a freshman. When you start in college, you start as that freshman at the bottom of the food chain working your way up. That is going to be the start of my closing thoughts here. But we're going to update the listeners a little bit. I'm going to do this in my closing thing. We just got a notification from Bleacher Report here, courtesy of – Wojnarowski, who formerly of the Vertical and Yahoo Sports Woj, yes, uh, did some really good uh, work during the trade deadline a year or two ago uh, with his yeah. podcast, The Vertical. That was incredible. They brought him on the ESPN. He's going to be part of the draft panel tomorrow night. He reports that the Lakers acquired the number 39 overall pick in the early second round of tomorrow night's draft from the Philadelphia 76ers for the 2019 second round pick in cash. The Sixers are loaded with picks, but another trade – and I'm going to ask you a question in my closing remarks here. What did you think about that Dwight Howard trade? Did you hear about that? No. Okay, so Dwight Howard got traded to the Brooklyn Nets. I'm as surprised as you are right now. Brooklyn already has a really good young center in Jared Allen. You know, Julia Okafor is uh, going into free agency as an unrestricted free agent now. They got a trade for him. But they traded, uh, what's his name? 
Mozgov. Timofey Mozgov. Oh. I had to make sure I got the pronunciations right Mazgov. there. Yeah, he 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 did. He I don't know what he did with the Lakers. I didn't see too much of the Lakers. More with much. the Cavs and the Nuggets. Yeah. But he's gonna be going to the Charlotte Hornets, and the Hornets will be sending as well a future second round pick. So Brooklyn's getting that pick and Dwight Howard. Now I think that's a really interesting move. You know, you're gonna have that D'Angelo Russell, Dwight Howard thing. Now they might trade Dwight. We don't know that. I think. I wouldn't trade Dwight Howard for you. I think he's a really good veteran still. He's going to be really interesting to see play. But I'm going to kind of match a little bit of my closing remarks with yours on this NBA draft. I love the point of the draft where you don't know what you're going to expect. It's kind of now the olden days. I like I love when they show the draft on TV. They'll show how it was in the 80s when they get the phone call and we're not seeing it on the TV. Yeah, yeah. And not, the unexpected stuff. That makes it even more exciting with the media out there. We're going to see the rumors as you mentioned there, we're going to see a ton of rumors come out before the draft. I remember before that Butler trade, we saw a few rumors of them getting Eric Bledsoe in a trade with the Phoenix Suns. We never saw that. Well, happen, yeah, but it's, it keeps people thinking. Exactly. Everybody's, and I think, got, everybody's got ideas. I think the Bulls are going to hit home runs tomorrow night. I think, you know, they're doing that in the north side and the south side with the baseball. It's going to translate to the draft area over in they need to Brooklyn. It's going to take yeah. a nice airfare to the Barclays Center for Garden Packs to join them there. I think... I'm going to go with a Michael Porter Jr. or a Michael Bridges in the draft. My three players. Now, you got to have like a one, two, three option on your board because I've heard the way they approach it. You know, it's pretty easy to figure this out. But I think something I heard on TV that they mentioned on ESPN this morning on the cool get-up show now with Jalen Rose. I love that show. That's a pretty interesting show set up. Yeah. Um, they have like players listed on the draft board, but they'll have like a ton of names listed, you know. They've obviously talked to so many players that are going to be in the first round, second round, maybe might jump up into the first that they want to pick. They'll have, once that player goes, they cross that off, they're on the next name. I think the Bulls have done even more homework and prep and scouting on Michael Porter Jr. than we expect because they wouldn't have just released, oh, we want to pick him in next year's draft last year without maybe knowing some stuff, you know, following his high school stuff, following his college stuff. Oh, yeah. But my three options for the Bulls that I would be really happy with pick-wise – Michael Bridges, Michael Porter Jr., or Mohamed Bamba, or Trey Young. I'm going to add a fourth one there, a, a surprise dark horse pick. Because I think Trey Young is going to go really high in the draft. I think at least five or six I could see. Because yeah. Orlando really likes him. Maybe the Bulls will trade up to six. That would probably be an easier trade to make less uh, compensation to give up than three. But that part for the draft there, Mr. Alex Dolinar. Right. The 2018 NBA draft will begin tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Central Time from the Barclays Center in New York City for two rounds of what should be an exciting draft no one will want to miss a second of. You can catch that live stream on social media, the ESPN Watch apps, and on ESPN. We all... Now, Alex, we're going to go into the favorite, fabled segment of the show. It's probably the main signature that I love the most about this show. We It's Will Sports Movie Moment. We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest co-hosts, and our listeners at home a chance to pick their favorite moments from their favorite sports movie and compare it to modern-day sports. The listeners can hop onto the podcast Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram page we just made a few weeks ago and post their own sports movie moment favorite. Alex, I usually start this off, but in the niceties of the summer season, you know, and you being... Like my big brother, I'm going to let you follow suit first. So you, for the first time on the show, the guest co-host will do his movie moment first. So Alex, 
Started off on the right foot. What do you have for us tonight? All right, so I'm going to go. We talked a lot of basketball. I'm going to go to the fall sport, football. All right, I'm going to say remember the Titans. That's probably a lot of people's favorite. It's a classic. Oh, I movie. love that movie as well. That's love a great Denzel football Washington movie. As an actor. Oh, he's great in the Equalizer, but he's better in this one. Yeah, he's and it's a great story, you know. Um, so I'm gonna definitely go. Do you have a Titans. favorite scene that would kind of relate to the draft, maybe, or anything like that that you could share with us? Um, like a specific scene that pops out to you, like when you think about a draft or like recruiting or a team coming oh, together. Oh yeah, the, the summer camp. Yeah, the summer camp. The whole. The whole summer, the middle of the movie when they're at summer. Gettysburg, camp. yeah, they go over. To, I remember yeah. they go to Gettysburg. Yeah, they take a run to Gettysburg. Um, that's the team comes together and they come back and I believe they they go undefeated. Or they have one loss. And undefeated season, like in team history. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I love that they so. talk about that in the credits of like the ending of those true story movies. It's really yeah, great. It's a great movie. How about you? What's your favorite? Well, I don't know if a lot of listeners know this. I know I you pro- you heard a little bit about it yourself. You said before the show tonight. But it is the 25th anniversary of a baseball movie we all know and love. We always remember Miss Wendy Peppercorn and the famous scene with Squint's Paladores at the pool there. It's gonna it's the 25th anniversary of The Sandlot. And I'm a diehard Sox fan. And something interesting to share here. They're, after that game, it's going to be a 1 o'clock game Saturday. They're going to follow what the Dodgers did at Chavez Ravine and screen the movie on the center field scoreboard. I mean, they even had the players there at the Dodger game to celebrate that anniversary, yeah, which was yeah, really cool. It, but yeah. I'm going to pick the scene where, and this is the earlier in the movie, so everyone's going to remember this. Scott Smalls, he's the new kid in town, and he's walking into where the sandlot is, and he's describing what he's seeing. He has the narrator there, and it's like you're right there with him. We're always in, You're always in that spot when you're at a young age where you meet that kid in your neighborhood that's more the experienced one in whatever sport you're playing with the neighborhood kids. You know, everybody has their own neighborhood sports crew like that that they play with every day when they're kids in the summertime or wintertime, whenever they're able to get out there. Scott Smalls is asked to throw the ball to back to, you know, Squints and uh, Frankie Nunez, the pitcher. Mm-hmm. Classic Kansas City Monarchs hat there. And he throws the ball, but he doesn't get that far. Benny is like that vet that – I'm going to reference this to something in the draft that I'm going to mention here in a moment – Benny helps Scotty Smalls out, and they become, like, best friends. You see him at the end of the movie, you know, they're giving thumbs-ups to each other like they did earlier in the movie when Benny saw Scott Smalls get that famous catch in left center, gives him that big thumbs-up right there from home plate, like, nice job, kid, let's see if you can keep it up. (laughs) Even though he didn't know about the Bambino at first, that was pretty... The great That's going to be the great Bambino, I guess, in the movie, but um, that's my favorite scene. I'm going to compare it. To something I just shared with you, it's really cool in my opinion in the draft and even when these players come to the draft, the mentorship you see. We hear about it in football, you know, in the MLB drafts, pre and everything. These veterans reach out to these collegiate players. They're all best friends. Even rival teams like the Cubs or Sox or the Packers or Bears, they're all connected. They're all in the same thing. They're all in it together pretty much. And I heard a lot of interesting reports when Mohamed Bamba you know, he was on ESPN, you know, he had, you know, players have their usual interviews. He talked about tonight, just about four or five hours ago on their special Prospects to Pro segment they did after their draft preview. He worked out a lot with Joel Embiid. And he actually talked about that's the player he's most excited to play against when he gets in the NBA. So maybe he's putting his enemies closer or something or something like that. You know, that famous line. I love that. So that's kind of my comparison, I think. 
once these players come in the draft, like every year, they're going to find a veteran to work with and get even better, and it's going to make the league an even more special thing to watch. Just to close it out, too, to compare as well, I love seeing all the European athletes that have been coming in more and more the last five or six years into the league as well. I think it diversifies the league, gets the NBA brand out there even more. It's a good brand. Yeah. Adam Silver does a really good job of that. So that's my sports movie moment favorite. And just to reach out to the listeners at home, this is a fun thing we like to do on the show. Try and do it on our Twitter. You know, I'm going to probably have another poll come up as well about the NBA draft in the afternoon tomorrow okay. before the draft. So reach out to me. Reach out to Alex Dolanar on social media. I, I think you have a Twitter. We're not going to give your information on here, of course. But uh-huh. if, uh, you know, you reach out That's to me fine. and you want me to talk to Alex or any co-host about what they think, feel free, listeners. This, this show is as much a part of ours as it is a part of you as well. That is all the time we have in episode 13 of Will's fifth quarter special. Tune in next time as the next episode will be in July. And since it's the summertime, we're all pretty busy here as well as I am. And I love to continue to do episodes in the summer, so there'll be more coming. But tune into the late June Facebook Live episode monthly that I continue to do where I will publicly announce. That's how I'm going to announce my next appearances for the next episodes during the summertime period. And we're going to cover a recap of the NBA draft, which, Alex, I have to admit, on our ends here, I'm sure we won't be able to get out of our seats the way each pick's going to go. This is yeah. such a stacked draft. I'll probably sit there and watch till Mr. Irrelevant gets picked. I'll probably keep it on all night. Yeah. I, it's definitely going to be uh, – it could be some shocks. I couldn't agree more. And we're going to obviously do a lot more talk with the White Sox and the Cubs, the Facebook Live, and – the episode because the Cubs pitching I'm just gonna say here we'll talk about it next time it's got some issues right now a little injury bug there you know yeah. they're, they're having trouble with that strike zone but a special we'll save it for next time Alex it's we have to thank you once again it's a pleasure to not just have you as one of my closest friends you're like I said the big brother role model I have in my life so first thank you for that all right thank you and thanks for having me on just being on this show you're anybody I have on I love bringing them back on they bring a new perspective about the new topics we talk about. And yeah, this is the start of something. I hope you'll be on even more times. So yeah, just glad to be on. Thanks for coming back on Alex. All right. Thank you. A special thank you also goes out to two great men, Chicago sports, Chicago sports analyst, Mark Chanowski pre and post for the Chicago bulls and NBC sports, Chicago and lead columnist for the Chicago Tribune, David Haw, who we are grateful took the time to be a part of this podcast. And we at Will's fifth quarter special, I want to thank them for being part of episode 13, so thank you, David and Mark. When the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, turn to us for your fifth quarter sports talk. I'm your host, Will Farr, along with David Haw, Mark Schnowski, and Alex Dolanar, saying so long from Will's fifth quarter special. To continue to hear your fifth quarter sports talk, you can check out all of Will's fifth quarter specials. Go to williamdfarlow.com. To share your Will's sports movie moment like we do on the show, Post it on the Facebook page or on our Twitter at William D. Farlow. The fifth quarter never stops here on Will's Fifth Quarter Special.